It's business time. It's business. It's business time. I don't know what you're trying to say. You're trying to say it's business time here on the show. Phil O'Reilly joining us, Managing Director of Iron Duke Partners. Morning, Phil. Morning, BK. We'll talk about the profits on the bank shortly, but let's start with Indeed. tax revenue from wage earners is up, but tax revenue from GST and companies is down. What's causing that? Well, we, Brian, we, remember we spoke last week about tax and we were making the point that, uh, you know, often people's taxes are actually going up at a time when they're struggling with higher mortgage rates and so on. And that's because of this thing called bracket creep where, you, you know, you go up and you go up uh, because your, your salary is just rising with inflation and it goes up into a higher tax bracket and all of a sudden you lose it all in tax. And that's actually what's driving that higher income tax take. It's not to do with more people and more jobs. It's to do with that bracket creep issue. But have a look at what's happening in the real economy. And that's that's what's, re- that's what's reflected in the GST in particular uh, and in the company tax taken. They're both down. And that suggests the economy's battling and struggling. If you look at GST, it's a very, very good tax because even criminals have to pay us. You know, if I manage to steal some money from you and I go buy a flash Ferrari or something, well... I've got to pay GST on that, and, and it shows up on the tax take. So GST is quite a good, accurate rendering of what's actually going on in the economy. So the fact that it's dropping suggests that people are spending less, and that GST take is down. And, of course, that's all indicative of, of a slowing economy, possibly into recession next year, as we're seeing with many of the major economies now predicted to be in recession next year. So it's a good story of the economy, that story. Uh, you know, salary and wage earners are getting smacked around because of this bracket mm. creep issue, but mm. the real economy is starting to slow down. That's got to lead, I think, to something of a crunch time next year if you've got uh, mortgage rates and people are predicting mortgage rates to be at 7 next year. That's you know real people paying 7% on their mortgages. Boy, that's a struggle. The Reserve Bank saying by then half of mortgage owners may well be paying, or sorry, a significant number of mortgage owners will be paying over half of their take-home pay in mortgages. And that's just, boy, that's going to be a massive shock to the economy. So that's all a demonstration of, of, the, of the downturn that's, that's, that's upon us. And no wonder to the domestic economy, it feels like it's in a recession already because that's what's going on. Yeah, a bit tough, really. Okay, we have our Indeed. first trade dispute under the CPTPP trade deal with Canada of all countries. What's the background on this one, Phil? Well, who, who knew the better dispute with Canada? I don't know about you, but yeah. Canadians are the most agreeable people I know. I mean, they, they, you never have an argument with a Canadian, and yet we are, and it's because Canada has one of the most highly protected dairy sectors in the world. They're very, very highly protected, uh, and they have been famously uh, uh, difficult to deal with over the years, and in fact, one of the reasons why Canada was only a late joiner to that massive CPTPP trade deal was because of lobbying from their dairy sector. So now they're in, and uh, and now we're having a dispute about what our view is that the Canadians aren't living up to their commitments under CPTPP and haven't been doing so for some time in terms of opening access to, to dairy. Now, unsurprisingly, the Canadians deny that and so on and off we go. But the point I'm making to listeners this morning is that we're now into a dispute settlement process, an arbitration process. And the only reason we can do that is because we agreed one up front. We said to all of the people in CPTPP, look, let's have an independent dispute process that we all agree up front. Uh, uh, in order to resolve these very kinds of issues, and that's what New Zealand's invoked. Now, if, if that was being done under the WTO rules, the World Trade Organization rules, we couldn't do that because there is a dispute process at the WTO, but it's all frozen up because of the Americans won't nominate people into it. Uh, and, and it's a real demonstration when, when New Zealand businesses and the New Zealand government says we need a rules-based international trading system through the WTO, this is exactly the kind of thing that we mean. So it's lucky that we've agreed, it's, it's good, good management, actually from our very good diplomats, 
that we've agreed an independent dispute process through CPTPP. If we didn't have one, the Canadians could just thumb their noses at us and say, see you later, we're not going to do anything about this because we couldn't take a dispute over it. So it's just a demonstration that Mm. small countries like New Zealand need rules, and that's why everybody's talking about WTO reform. It's not something that's... It's not some sort of academic pursuit. No, it really matters to real people in New Zealand because it means uh, that we get more dairy access if we're right. Right, let's move on to the banks. There's been a lot of talk about that this week, more record profits for the banks. So what's causing it and what should we do about it? Well, the banks have always been mega profitable here in New Zealand and and to to some extent around the world too, of course. Uh, And so to some extent, these these real mega profits we're seeing, we're seeing potentially a combined uh, profits for the four major Australian banks at being, you know, to the thick end of $10 billion this year. Mm-hmm. That's a huge amount of money, of course, much more than any other set of four businesses will be able to put together in New Zealand. And, and uh, that's, that's been the case for a number of years now. So what's been driving that? Well, to some extent, and I, some of the critics have made the point, and I agree with them, that actually it's the Reserve Bank that's driven that. Because they had that incredibly loose monetary policy, we all rushed out, increased our home loans and bought a new car, and we did all that sort of good consumer spending stuff that people do when money's basically for free and people are chucking it at you. And, of course, all of that's done through the banks, and they make a profit margin on each one of those things. So it shouldn't surprise us that we've seen bumper profits from the banks, and to some extent, the poor little darlings, it's not their fault. It's just the system is delivering them profits because they're the dominant player in the system. But I do agree with the critics that the banks themselves have become far too arrogant about all of this. They've become far too shiny. They think that all this mega profitability is because of all the geniuses that they've got working for them. Often not the case. In fact, they're just sitting there picking up the profits as the system works through them. So I do think the banks have got to learn a lesson here about being a little less arrogant, paying their people a little bit less money, you know, not doing those mega salaries, and listening to the people that banks are actually about communities. They're not about the banks. The last point I'll make to you is that there's a lot of rubbish said about Profits going back to Australia, and you know we're, well, we've given apparently we've given ten billion dollars to rich people in Sydney. No, we haven't. What the banks are doing is the important point to note: about ninety cents out of every dollar spent by the banks is spent in New Zealand. So it's actually spent on things like bricks and mortar, staff costs, GST, and so on. So that's there's already an enormous amount going back into the New Zealand economy. And if you are a Kiwi saver uh, person, uh, in virtually every New Zealander has a Kiwi saver account, almost certainly you are invested in one of the banks. And so you are gaining some of the upside of that through hopefully a share price being a little healthier than otherwise might. So it's a much more complicated story than simply the banks make a profit and, and send a check over to Sydney. It's not like that. In fact, a lot of the money gets recycled through New Zealand. But the banks do have a problem and they need to calm down and stop being so arrogant, I reckon. Yeah, good call. I think the government might be making an announcement regarding something to do with the banks today. Well, that's, of course, as the government starts to get behind in the polls a bit, what you'll see, we call it whack-a-mole. They're going to whack-a-mole. They're going to whack them, whack, whack. <laughs> and so, they, and so they, if, 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 in order to get a bit of popularity, they, they choose these popular kind of uh, bogey, bogey men and bogey people for the public and say, we're going to have something to say about them. And they've done supermarkets and they've done petrol and now they'll do the banks. And so they'll, they'll say to the public, look, all this, this tough stuff we're doing on your behalf. In fact, they won't do very much, I wouldn't think. <laughs> and it won't matter much. But it's great politics. And then welcome to an election year. We'll talk a lot about that next year, no doubt, all the politics of, oh, of yeah. gestures that politicians make. Absolutely. Hey, Phil, nice to chat, mate. Thank you for your take on those things. And we'll talk next week. Cheers, B.